0: Good morning, Granville Chapel. Well, we have started summer with a heat wave here in BC, and I trust that you are well as we start to cool down a bit. I think I discovered that I am not built for 40 degree heat, and probably some of you can relate to that. Well, this morning, we're beginning a new series that we are calling Preparing for a Different World. What we are thinking about is the big impact that COVID-19 has made on all of our lives over the last 18 months. And we want to reflect together on what we have learned, what our priorities need to be going forward, and how we need to cope with the challenges that lie before us. Of course, none of us really know what we are going to be dealing with. Will a new COVID variant see transmissions spiking further and lead to further shutdowns? We don't know. Will the vaccines do their job? And will COVID soon be just another seasonal reality a little bit like the flu? Again, we don't know. But while it is too soon to tell, we do know that this last 18 months have seen us all deal with fear, isolation, adversity, and an upheaval of much that is familiar, whether in our families, our workplaces, or our worshiping community. To help us wrestle out some of this stuff, we're gonna be heading for the book of Deuteronomy. At first glance, it might look like an unlikely destination. Why there, you might be wondering. But Deuteronomy is actually an important book when it comes to dealing with change. Written at the end of the life of Moses, it represents his final charge to the people of Israel as they prepare to enter the land that Yahweh, the God of Israel, had promised to give them. It is a land full of unknowns and little-knowns and they should have been there 40 years earlier had it not been for their revolt against Moses' instructions. So today's passage is drawn from chapter 3. It is a time of transition as the leadership mantle is passing from Moses to his understudy Joshua. Having defeated Sihon, king of Heshbon, and Og, great name, king of Bashan, two rulers whose lands were outside the promised land, yet who refused to let the Israelites come past them without a fight, Joshua was ready to begin the entry to the land. Moses, as the senior leader, reminds him that the two victories he has won over Sihon and Og have happened because the Lord has been the one doing the fighting. These two victories need to be understood by Joshua as a template for the battles to come, as Joshua can trust that God will do the main part of the fighting to come. And then in a nod to what I think was actually a key quality of Joshua's fear, Moses tells him, Not to be afraid. Some of you are familiar with Joshua chapter 1, and you will know that there the Lord speaks to Joshua and tells him to be strong and courageous and not to be terrified or discouraged. Again, I think this underlines the fact that Joshua's default was fear and that he needed constant encouragement not to let fear control him. I think for many of us, fear has become rampant through this current crisis. Many of us have been terrified of contracting COVID and some of us are afraid of the vaccines or of the risks associated with some of them. And some of us have allowed those fears to grow to the point where we are avoiding community and the human connection that we so badly need. You know, fear is one of those things that begins as a sensible response to danger, but can easily become something that overwhelms us to the point where we are paralyzed. God and Moses charged Joshua not to be afraid. I think we can all learn from that. Remember how a few months ago we saw that when fear grows, faith shrinks. But the opposite is true as well. When faith grows, fear shrinks. Back to our passage, Moses, in a very revealing and personal insight, recounts how he pleaded with God for the chance to cross the Jordan River and see the land that God had promised the Israelites as a home. It is interesting that in his request to God, it almost seems like he's trying to ingratiate himself with God. Oh, sovereign Lord, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your strong hand. Who can do the deeds and mighty works that you do? And then comes his ask. Let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, that fine hill country and Lebanon. But God, of course, is not fooled by flattery and is having none of it. He had already told Moses that he wasn't going to the promised land. And he puts Moses in his place quite firmly. That's enough. Don't ask me again. But God understands that Moses has spent a lot of his adult life desperately hoping to make it to the promised land. And he graciously allows Moses the chance to climb up Mount Pisgah from where he can get a great view into the land. And having done that, he is then told to commission Joshua to encourage and strengthen him for his appointed charge, task, which is to lead the people over the Jordan and into their future. So that's our passage for this morning. So how does it help us as we try to get a glimpse of the future this unknown world that is coming after COVID. First of all, I think it's worth pointing out that one important aspect of leadership is to try and figure out where we are going. Granville Chapel is blessed with many good leaders. Some are using their leadership gifts in the workplace, in companies and schools around the cities, and some are using their leadership gifts in the church, on the church board or in community groups. The instinct to try to figure out where we are going so that we can know what we are gonna be dealing with is certainly sound. God doesn't seem to blame Moses for wanting to know, and he even provides a way for him to be able to see at least enough. But the trouble with this COVID reality that we're dealing with is that the best of our leaders cannot say with any real assurance what the future will look like. There is currently a growth industry in podcasts of church leaders who apparently know what we are going to be facing. Some are predicting the end of church as we know it. Others are hoping that it will be back to normal as soon as we can. And others still are hoping that it will not be back to normal because normal needed a good shake-up. Well, one thing we can say for sure, all these opinions can't be 100% right. But beyond that, the only way that we are going to find out is by going on the journey into the future together. I'm actually pretty hopeful that we as a community are in a good place To undertake that journey together. We have been teaching for a long time now that small groups, DNA groups and community groups are essential to the task of being disciples of Jesus together. And hopefully we have been finding that although we haven't been able to meet as the larger community, much of our sense of belonging comes from within these smaller expressions I hope that going forward, our community groups will strengthen as they share a common commitment to up, that's our way of describing our, and deepening our relationship with God himself, in, forging our relationships with each other, and out, moving together on mission as the Spirit of God leads us. I am convinced that we are moving into a time of great opportunity and that good things lie ahead of us as we prayerfully seek God's leading into the new things that he has for us. Out of our last series, Listening to a World in Pain, we have been made aware of lots of possible avenues of meaningful service and mission. And I am hopeful that we will see new groups come together with specific mission or purpose? What if we had a group that said, yes, we feel a calling to help and encourage refugees? Or another one that said, yes, we want to work together to find out what it means to be agents of reconciliation and love to our First Nations people in this city. Or what if another group came together to say, yes, we want to figure out sustainable living in the context of our city. Our ultimate vision for Granville Chapel is to see the whole church mobilized and equipped for mission because we believe that all the gifts and resources we have been entrusted with are for growing God's kingdom in our city and around the world. So this morning, while it is true that we don't know what the world beyond COVID is going to look like, it is also true that as we move towards it, we are invited not to be afraid, but to move in the direction that we know that God has called us. It's an adventure that I don't wanna miss and I hope that you don't want to miss it either.
1: This year, has it been, it's been a pretty strange mix of uh, isolation in some cases and connection in other cases. So a little good, a little bad. I mean, in terms of the physical, we had a nice movie home to stay in. We were scared of any sickness no folks got sick in our family. Within the Granville community, uh, Joanna and I had been part of the missions team for a few years, um, and the really cool aspect that we got to see there um, was with this uh, forcing of digital connection on everybody, everybody getting on Zoom meetings. It meant that we were able to connect with people here from a lot of the missionaries that Granville's been connected to. Um, you've probably seen it on Sunday mornings now, but people who wouldn't otherwise be able to break routine and come here at this point in time, we can have monthly connections where we get to hear from them, be encouraged, encourage them, pray with them. Uh, we were fortunate that we have our small group, the Sojourner small group here at Granville. Um, it's a bunch of young adults who were quite ready to adapt to online Zoom meetings. And those aren't fun, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it has still been life-giving, Yeah, for sure even when we couldn't meet in each other's houses, just to see that familiar face. Yeah. Um, to hear what you're going through, how you're processing, uh, to hear God speak through your friends. is yeah, something we, we're told in Scripture, right? Don't neglect meeting together. And for sure, this has been great for my health. This has been great for uh, keeping my prayer in Bible reading up, when otherwise it would slack on its own. So there was connection. There was also a lot of isolation. I work at UBC in a lab uh, with about a dozen people. And COVID first sent us home, and then when it brought us back into the lab, separated us out into not just separate little cubicles, but completely different offices and labs. It uh, really destroyed a lot of the camaraderie at work. And strange upshot, it also made us, for a time, a lot more productive while we were isolated. Early on in the pandemic, we you might remember these 7 p.m. Uh, ringing of Cowbells, whatever pots and pans clanking—you name it—is cheering for healthcare workers. Uh, we live in an apartment block, and it really caught on there. You hear a ton of cheering. Everybody would come out at 7 p.m. kind of from their places that they'd been, been reclused to all day. They came out at 7 p.m. The pots and pans—they rang for a couple minutes, but it didn't stop there. People didn't just stop and go back in, they stayed out on their patios. Mm. We're on the ground floor, there's two patios above us, there's a bunch across the way. We saw neighbors that would sit and linger for half an hour, an hour. Uh, These are people that we've lived next to for six years and we haven't gotten past the kind of basic exchanging pleasantries. It's hard to know what is God teaching us in this time. I mean, I think the biggest thing that I was impressed on is that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God didn't change because of COVID. The way He relates to us doesn't change because of COVID. He still loves me. He still wants to have relationship with me. Nothing's gonna change. So we've seen that although He reused uh, the circumstances of COVID, all the terrible things, the loss of life, everything that's happened, um, He can use terrible circumstances still for His glory. In talking with these neighbors that we've only exchanged pleasantries with over the last few years, we're hearing from some of them their renewed or sudden interest in the spiritual course. Mm-hmm. I didn't know neighbor A was a person of faith or not, mm-hmm. um, but now they're coming to me and telling me about the stuff they're listening to, podcasts. And I had I had one of our neighbors all of a sudden is suggesting to us. Uh, we're not witnessing to them or anything, but here they come suggesting to us Christian TV shows that they've been encouraged by, and they want us to go watch now. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> glad we're talking about this. Being so desperate for connection uh, fostered this sort of neighboring that we've heard so much about at Granville already.